You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, welcome back. Overtime, a little bit of technical issue there, sorry. Get into the uh, D.C. Stadium issue at the bottom of the hour. Their opportunities, their s- chances, what are the obstacles? Martin Ostermuel, who covers D.C. politics in the mayor's office, will be with us uh, from NPR and the D.C. is to break all that down. We've heard a lot about Virginia. They've been making a lot of noise these last few weeks. And obviously, look, Maryland still has the, the ace in the hole, which is the team owns the land right near FedEx Field. Um, yeah, and I know that's not exciting to anybody, but it would be the easiest path, uh, and they have a lot of space. So there you have that. So we'll get to uh, Martin coming up at 730. All right, Roger Goodell from the day, if you missed it, after Washington football said, um, hey, we've got, you know, we've, we've got this investigation. We're going to go ahead and do, uh, we're going to go ahead and take care of that. We're going to release the information. Uh, obviously, that did not go over well because people didn't think they were very transparent with the Wilkins report because that was never released. And there are also reports that have come from the station, obviously, that there was some interference run in Beth Wilkinson's attempts to do some things when it was, um, you know, initially started by the football team prior to the NFL taking over the lead, so to speak, or at least the team that was supposed to get the results in the end. So anyhow, uh, today, Roger Goodell, after they put out the statement correcting uh, Washington Commanders under Dan Snyder about uh, his ability to go ahead and run the investigation uh, was asked about uh, how they will handle these new allegations. Roger, Mark Maskey from the Washington Post. Um, what is your reaction to the the new allegations of sexual misconduct made directly against Dan Snyder during the Congressional Roundtable? And also, how do you account for the fact that the team announced this morning that it would conduct its own investigation and then the league subsequently announced that the league would handle the investigation and not the team? Uh, well, a couple of things, Mark. Listen, um, you know, the, the roundtable uh, did bring forward another uh, uh, witness that uh, spoke about her experience with Washington. I think we treat that very seriously, um, and we need to look into that. We'll um, obviously do an investigation. We've said that uh, from day one, that we will look into this and, and do an investigation. Um, we need to understand what really truly happened in those circumstances and treat that uh, in the best uh, and most serious way uh, we can to make sure we preserve the type of culture we want uh, in the NFL. Uh, I do not see any way that a a team can do its own investigation of itself. Uh, That's something that uh, we would do. We would do it with an outside expert that would be able to help us um, come to the conclusion of what the facts were and what really truly happened so that we can make the right decision from there. So we'll we'll treat that seriously and move forward. Hi, Roger. I'm Nikki with the Washington Post. Um, why did the league enter into a common interest agreement with Dan Snyder regarding the Beth Wilkinson report? And did Dan Snyder try to block any of the findings uh, from that report being released? Yeah, that was... Um, uh, something we s- responded to the committee, I think, last Friday and uh, reaffirmed that, I think, is in the last 24 hours uh, to let everyone know that uh, that's a legal agreement. I do not, I cannot explain all that. Um, our people will, but it did not interfere with anything that we did with respect 
to the Washington investigation uh, and the outcome of the Washington investigation. Um, we controlled that independently of the team. And uh, we did that with an outside expert, as you know, Beth Wilkinson, um, who uh, did a great job on that and a thorough job on that. And uh, we appreciate the work that she did on that. All right. So that was uh, Roger Goodell on that. And uh, does that, is that all of them, Donald, or do we have one more? All right, let's get let's get to another one. This is again more about the common interest agreement uh, information. In regard to the new investigation that's been announced into the allegations against Dan Snyder in Washington, um, does the league intend to enter into a common interest agreement with the team in regard to that investigation? And related, is it possible, in your opinion, for one party of a common interest agreement to legitimately investigate the other party of a common interest agreement? Uh, regarding the facts at issue in said agreement. Well, again, I'm not a lawyer, um, but I will tell you that my understanding of it from uh, from my standpoint is that a common interest agreement was used the first time because the actual investigation was started with the Washington Football Club. And there was a transfer from the Washington Football Club to the NFL. And so that was part of, an, uh, as I understand it, um, something that's done on a common basis uh, to make sure that that is transferred from one to another. But our attorneys will be better to answer that than I am. But that's how I understand it. Hi, Phil Schumann with Fox 11 here in Los Angeles. Two questions. First, on behalf of our colleagues in Washington, is, is it accurate that the um, NFL struck a deal with Dan Snyder to not release their report on workplace harassment until he signs off on it? Uh, and secondly, when you talk about the issues of diversity and inclusion, you make it sound like this is the first time you're, you, you've been aware of it. You've been commissioner for 15 years. Do you not bear some, some personal responsibility for not having made more progress? The answer is yes, I do. Uh, and I think we started it off by saying we were talking about the same subject last year. And I've said many times that as a league, I don't think there's a subject we've discussed more frequently in the ownership over the last four or five years. Um, it has been at every league meeting other than two. Um, and that is something that we all have to bear responsibility for. Me as commissioner also, we need to make sure that we're doing everything we possibly can to be more successful, more effective. Um, so, yes, I do bear that responsibility as well as all our clubs. Uh, and uh, the other question I think was... Did we, we did not make a deal with Dan Snyder to release uh, or have his approval before he released any information. No. Okay. Then that, of course, bears the question, that why not just release the information and save yourselves a lot of the trouble and all the noise uh, that's been going on here? And, of course, there was no written report, which is part of it, and uh, we'll get to that uh, coming up now, which, you know, again, more from Roger Goodell, and, by the way, great job by the NFL media. Uh, covering this thing, asking the right questions about about him today, to him today, and this is more about how will the, this next report be released. The earlier investigation into the Washington football team, the findings were delivered orally, and very little detail was provided publicly. It was just a summary. Can you say now, with this new investigation starting, will there be a written report, and will it be released to the public? Well, Judy, um, let's go back for a second because I think it's important to note when the investigation uh, originally happened, we wanted to make sure that any employee or anyone who had anything to offer about what was happening in the Washington Football Club could come forward 
and do that on a confidential basis if that's how they prefer it. Some have chosen that they'd be willing to go public. We saw those uh, witnesses last week in, in Congress, and there are others. But the vast majority of, of the people who participated did it knowing that they would not have their names presented publicly. Um, and that's really important in an investigation and an integrity of an investigation is to give them that ability. Otherwise, you're not going to get the information you really want. So we made that pledge uh, to those employees. If you wanted to come forward and keep your identities uh, confidential, we would do that. And that was a, the core reason why the report was given to us orally. We summarized that report. We accepted all of the recommendations that our independent investigator had with respect to the workplace in Washington Football Club. We also uh, put in, as you know, not just um, the discipline against the team because we felt that the environment and the culture there was toxic, but they made a lot of changes as an organization. They made the additional changes uh, that Beth had recommended. And more importantly, we put in a system of checks and audits to make sure that the changes that they made were retained and that they're continuing to be effective in the organization. And we just got an audit last back last week by chance that demonstrates that actually they are working. And that's really where we want to be. We want to be in an organization where it's everyone can come and work there and work there free of harassment, free of discrimination, and make sure that we have the infrastructure to be able to deal with it when it does happen. And make sure that the club, or the league, is responsible for making sure they act promptly and respectfully so that people can be there and work in, a, in a, the right kind of environment that in, encourages people to be successful and take advantage of opportunities. All right, a lot of double talking at the end from Roger Goodell, and that's all fine, but there's a word that he missed out on there that people wanted was accountability from what went on there. But that, in a lot of folks, the, the $10 million is a drop in the bucket, the fine, um, you know, they say there was no suspension. You you know, fuck, he can read between the lines and say, did Dan Snyder take himself out of the equation for this period of time and let his wife take the lead? Uh, was that just, uh, you know, was that done by them, or was that strongly suggested and recommended? What what was that? And it never completely away. I mean, he was at games. He was obviously he was at the commanders' event last week when they unveiled the uniforms and the name and the branding and all that. Um, didn't participate in the Today Show thing, which was interesting, uh, but did uh, you know did the part out on the stage? So you know, these are the things. The accountability word is what the NFL is missing out on. This is what the the folks that were over there that that came and made the complaints are asking for transparency, accountability, which are still lacking in all this. And that's that's where the sense of frustration is and where the NFL seems to be missing the point. And, and I don't know if people are going to get the satisfaction out of this. I really don't. I think this just may be just another, you know, chalk it up as another embarrassing day. Well, well this is now, I guess, the, the chapter of the commanders, right? Um, you know, put it under the Washington football team. Or as Raj called it the club. That's interesting. Because it was the Washington football team, I believe. I mean, there was some talk it might be called the Washington football club, but it never went that way, went that route. And, of course, a lot of this took place near the Washington Redskins. So all of that is swell, what he said. And it sounds great. What's the follow-up going to be? How long is it going to take? And, again, will there be any further, further anything? You know, will there be anything else? Will there be any real punishment out of this next round if there is such a thing uh, when it comes to this they fa if they find out this 
incident that was discussed in the roundtable last week that was backed up by the team's former attorney in a letter. But, you know, they're, they're pushing back saying she was not, the accuser was not under oath, Ms. Johnston was not under oath, so therefore it didn't count and she didn't cooperate in the Wilkinson investigation. Well, she explained why she didn't want to be part of the Wilkinson investigation last week. Um, if You know, obviously they were watching very closely, so they know this as well. And you, you can kind of understand why some people wouldn't have wanted to be part of it because they didn't really feel like there was going to be any real, you know, teeth to what came out of it all. And in the end, you know, this whole thing, the NFL acts like that this has never happened before. <laughs> we couldn't protect people's identities in reports. It's, it's fascinating to me. I mean, do they not have Sharpies in the NFL? You don't have strike-through capabilities with your computers? I mean, it's easy to redact stuff, I mean, with names. And I, I'm, I'm just kind of miffed by all that, but okay, uh, or whatever. They, they come up with some tall tales, I'll tell you of stuff that just seems like common sense. I mean, they still don't know what happened to the Deflategate numbers. That, that was part of what was handled today. Um, you know, that was that was another one. And I, and I will say this, I think it's been pretty slick how Roger Goodell has turned around the lack of minority hires now to a, hey, this is the owner's fault thing. Because, you know, ultimately, it is true, right? Like, he can, you know, put in all the, you know, put in the Rooney rule. He can put in all the, hey, you can get a draft pick if you do this or what that. But if, like, the owners don't want to do it, they don't have to, and they have it, and they don't really care, clearly. I mean, you get to say at this point, many of them don't care and aren't interested in what you think their organization should look like. You know, they, cl- they clearly don't care. So I will say this. It's been kind of masterful on his part to kind of like, hey, look, I've been talking about this. I've been doing my part. And I would say, yes, he has, but it hasn't resulted in anything, much of anything at all, right? I mean, it, has, it really has not, you know, has it resulted in a change? Obviously, the numbers are worse now than they've ever been. Uh, in terms of head coaches. So that's swell, but it, you haven't exactly turned the tide. But I do I do appreciate his his hustle there with like, hey, look, inmates, he's 32 so-and-sos. Okay, not me. <laughs> me and Troy Vincent are here doing our job. These guys, they don't listen because they make a lot more money than we do. They're billionaires. And again, I don't know that anybody's got the appetite for this to be drudged out on the hill at some point. But remember, you know, there is benefits these very large companies and these sports leagues get, you know, they, they are, they get some tax breaks that the regular folks don't. Uh, and, you know, they, so they do have to be held accountable. And you could see where, where that could be a reason to drag them back up there. You know, maybe not quite like the steroid hearing um, many, many years ago with baseball. You know, and they, remember baseball had an antitrust status that was out of this world. The NFL has not had that. But they have had other um, pretty good uh, pretty good deals that they have. And, you know, look, a lot of these guys, they support the people up there. And they donate. So, you know, there will be some that will push back always and they don't want to they don't have the appetite for it because they don't want to hurt their people, their constituents, their donors. They don't want to bite the hand that's feeding them. So you can see why it's a sticky situation. And again, why we should have term limits for all these bozos. Real short ones too. All right, coming up, we'll uh, we'll wrap up the Roger stuff. We will get to um, the chances of, of a DC site. RFK Stadium, is that the only place 
that you could get a stadium for the Washington Commanders. Uh, we'll have Martin Ostrom. You'll break it down with us when he joins us from NPR into D.C. at the bottom of the hour. Scott Jackson with you here. It's overtime. With you till 10 tonight here on 106.7 The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, over time here on 106.7 The Fan. We're going to uh, get to the RFK site, the hoops that the Commander Stadium future may have with Martin Ostermule joins us from NPR in the D.C. It's the bottom of the hour. We'll also get to the NBA tread deadline. I don't expect anything crazy to happen with the Wizards, but you never know. That's why you got to watch, and that's why the this is like the best time of year for the NBA outside of the offseason. It's right near around the trade deadline. Sadly, like like the, the games themselves and the competitions aren't nearly as exciting um, as – the drama of free agency and the trade deadline, which, you know, is too bad. I mean, some years the playoffs are great. Some years they're not, you know, just kind of depends. Just depends on the season. Although I think this year the playoffs could be really good because there's, there's a lot of openness to all this stuff. All right. So we'll get to Martin coming up. We will uh, break down all that stuff. Uh, just to put a wraps on, on Roger Goodell today. One of the, like had nothing to do with anything really exciting things that he talked about. They, they continue to talk about this international football and you know they're gonna play in Germany next year uh they're also you know going back to Mexico and I thought you know Adam Schefter for a guy who's a league guy put this very well today on the NFL I guess it's the NFL now or NFL I don't even know what the heck the name of the show is who cares uh it was at Disney World it's very distracting Disneyland rather anyway so he said look you know, they've kind of tapped out America at this point. Like, the NFL's tapped out America, and they've tapped it out to a high level. I mean, the Super Bowl numbers would be astronomical. The playoff numbers have been huge. Because, you know, this is it. I mean, this is what you try to do now. You try to go overseas and tap into it. Look, I'm not one of these people that ever thinks it's going to be a good idea for them to put a franchise over there. But I don't. I think these one-off games aren't the stupidest thing in the world. Now, look, for one week, 
you know, they always brag about the attendance and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's like a thing to do, right? Something to see. And I would always like to know, like, from the people's passports, how many of them are actually from the U.S. that go over there and make it like a destination game. And how many of them are like, hey, we're from London, you know, when they're playing London or whatever. You know, people that are like hardcore fans that are over there that have relocated or that just have an interest in American football. That that would that's would be fascinating to me, but I always find it funny because like all the soccer leagues that we enjoy watching on television over here, they would never ever bring a regular season game over here to one of our football stadiums. They'll do a friendly or whatever. They'll do these exhibitions when half the guys aren't even with the team, but they would never bastardize their regular season by taking it over to America and play. They would never do that. Wouldn't even think about it. But man, oh man, greed, you can't put a, you can't even, you can't put a number on it, man. These guys would do anything <laughs> for a few extra mil. <laughs> yes, if they're going to make some extra mil for the 32, they're going to do it. And you got you to gotta respect the hustle and the capitalism uh, out of it. I mean, you know, again, I mean, NFL Europe failed how many times and they're still trying to go over there. At least they've figured out where their limits are. Uh, and you, you've kind of heard it quiet down. I mean, there's there's really there's one professional sports league that could play over in Europe in split time, and it's it's just a logistical nightmare. But that's clear with the NBA. I mean, they could do it. They could do it in Paris. Um, they could do it in Barcelona, somewhere like that. I mean, they they could definitely do it. You know, one of the big you know they could do it in Rome. I mean, one of the big cities. So they could definitely pull it off. Uh, but you'd have to have three to four teams over there to make it worth your while. You know, you can't just have like one franchise over there. And I don't know if we'll ever get to that point. Maybe not in our lifetime, but maybe someday. Uh, and again, you know, with all the things we've just gone through the last two years, maybe wouldn't be the smartest thing in the world. It's hard enough for Canada to coexist in many of these North American leagues. All right, coming up, we'll get to the D.C. Stadium situation. Martin Ostermule will be joining us straight ahead. It is overtime. Scott Jackson with you here on 106.7 The Fan and the Odyssey app. Hey, welcome back. Overtime. Scott Jackson with you here on 106.7 The Fan. Our pleasure to talk some politics and stadium. More importantly, the politics of the stadium. With Martin Ostermule, who joins us from NPR and the DCS. Good enough to give us some time tonight. Good evening, Martin. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Well, I appreciate your uh, time tonight, and uh, let's start with this. I know you cover Mayor Muriel Bowser very closely, and have written about the situation with uh, them. You know, putting it out. You know, once the Commanders' news came out, they would be interested in bringing the Washington uh, franchise home. This, you know, the question we all have is like, what are the hurdles, and is that realistic? We've all been led to believe that you know that land because it's it's owned by the government is is not the easiest thing to just flip over. Uh, and make build a stadium on what? What can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean it, it's complicated. Well, first off, I mean Mayor Bowser has made it no secret since she first became mayor that she wanted the team back, contingent on the name changing. So the name changed. She made the the, the request again last week that she she made the announcement that yes, yeah, she does want the team back. They want them back at RFK. That's where they should be. It's the best place. Um, but like you said, it's land that's owned by the federal government. If the city and the team decided today that they wanted to blow up RFK Stadium and build a brand new stadium on that site. They're allowed to, um, but that's not the sort of thing you see in football stadiums anymore, where it's literally just a new stadium surrounded by parking. There's always something else going on. There's retail, there's restaurants, there's kind of a, a destination, right? 
So that's what the city wants. The city wants the land, control of the land from the federal government so they can then kind of work with Snyder and create more of a destination where it's a stadium, it's all the stuff that you do around the stadium, it's a place for people to live. Um, It's just something more. And But that's the big thing. Getting control from the federal government is really hard. I mean, Democrats right now don't much like Dan Snyder and I don't think would be willing to give him the land. Um, And even within D.C., the politics aren't great for the stadium. So if it's not a stadium, something has to happen there, obviously. Um, it's just, uh, you know, a dec- you know a tearing down RFK right now and, you know, asphalt. So if it's not an RFK stadium, you know, what in the world do they do with it? I mean, you know, if it's not a football stadium, I should say, what do they do with it? Well, that's the million-dollar question right now. I mean, the city has been trying to get control of that land for seven years, in theory, to, do, to eventually put a new stadium there with all the other things around it. But if that never comes to pass, then basically they're going to knock down RFK next year and they can put parks there where they've started putting some parks like off to the side there. But the most they could use it for is parkland just because of the way that the land is designated. Um, But that's a lot of space. And the city doesn't just want to use it for parkland. I mean, you want to use it for something productive because it's on the river. It's just like where Nats Park is. It's by a river and you want to build it and use it to, to the best extent that you can. Yeah, and look, those of us who are old enough to remember going to the stadium back when when it was rocking and they were winning, um, know that it, it was a convenient place to get in and out of. I mean, in terms of you know whether you drove or whether you took metro, and obviously the stadium was smaller. It wasn't you know eighty thousand or ninety thousand. It was a fifty five thousand seat stadium, but it was you know it was you know you had the ability to metro in a lot of these places that they've discussed, whether it be in Virginia or you know people believe in this National Harbor idea. They're not accessible to metro. I mean, and, and there's not gonna be metro in, in some of these places that uh, have been on the radar here. And I want to ask you this: so. So besides the whole political part of it, but oh, there's always somebody that wants something, right? <laughs> there's somebody that you can do something for to, to potentially change their mind, I guess. Is that something you see as, you know, Muriel Bowser? Do you think she's the one with the football team and, you know, and with the Washington ownership with Jason Wright that could bring people together? Would she have to be the person to run point on that? Or is that more of a, a team thing to, to kind of bring in the doubters that this was really the the thing they thought would work best for them? I mean, it's a little bit of both. The mayor's definitely going to have to run point. She would have to convince the city council to hand over some money because, again, the deal would be that Snyder would build a stadium. He'd pay for that, but the city would prepare the land, so they'd do the infrastructure side of it. So that some city money would be going towards it. So she, she'd have to control, uh, convince the city council. I think she could do it. I mean, they... They could they could sell the idea of giving, you know, give some money to programs for underprivileged kids, like do that sort of stuff to sweeten the pot and you could probably get them on board. The the bigger issue is the team would have to probably do the job of working the hill, uh, Capitol Hill and trying to get, you know, folks on board there for whatever changes or whatever kind of status of the land is, like control of the land if it's gonna be given to DC or whatever. If that has to happen, they need Congress to to, to play ball. And that, I mean, that's obviously a tough sell. If Democrats are in charge, if Republicans are in charge, it could be very different. Um, so again, there's a little, a lot of kind of moving, moving pieces on on the field right now. All right. That being said, if not RFK, is there another site in DC, or is it pretty much the RFK site or bust? There was a, there have been um, kind of like ideas that you could put it on the other side of the Anacostia River um, in this area called Poplar Point, it's south of Anacostia mm-hmm. Park. It's the land is available, it's, but it's very it's a small parcel of land. Like you'd be able to build a stadium, but not a whole lot else. And it's right. close to a metro station, so that's convenient. 
But again, I think, you know, if, if you're Dan Snyder, you're thinking through this, you want to build something more than just the stadium. You want a destination because um, it also helps you make more money. If people are going to show up, you want them to stick around and kind of like pad your pockets a little bit by spending more. Um, and pretty much any jurisdiction is going to want the same thing. Yeah, you look at this and, and, you know, this has been discussed over the years. The NCAA would love for somebody on the East Coast to have a stadium with a retractable dome where they could play the NCAA tournament, uh, basketball tournament, because right now they can only go to Detroit and Atlanta in, in terms of East Coast spots, right, uh, for, for the championship games. And they've, they've not had, you know, New York's never been able to do it. Obviously, Baltimore built an outdoor stadium when they did theirs many years ago with the Ravens. And so nobody's, you know, done it. The Eagles, the Giants, they're all outdoors, so you're not going to have it there. But, you know, th- that would be something else because I know you have to make it these days. You can't make it a 10-week of the year facility. I mean, that's just not going to fly, right? you got to have it a year-round facility. If you have the retractable dome, even if you could have natural grass now, you can have a retractable dome, you, you then can do a lot more things, including potentially having a Super Bowl. Exactly. And, that, yeah, that's the big thing. I mean, it's one thing when they built, when the city paid $600 million to build Nationals Park, um, which has been a hit. It helped to develop a lot of the riverfront there. But it's also a facility that's used for 81, you know, home baseball games on a yearly basis, plus any, anything else they can do there. Um, which they do a fair amount of stuff. Um, but most fo- football stadiums traditionally, like you said, it's just the home games and that's pretty much it. And then it sits quiet for the rest of the time. Um, you know, you, you have to be able to sell something more than that, I think, to get public, especially to get public money um, into something as expensive as the stadium would be. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And I also wonder, you know, how quickly this whole thing's going to come together. And obviously, like Virginia's jumping out there, they're trying to be aggressive. Uh, as somebody who lives in the state of Virginia, I think their ideas make zero sense. <laughs> and and obviously Maryland's got that kind of the easiest one. They're the home team right now. Uh, with you know, there is always the fallback, which everybody just you know puts their nose up when you say it. But they could build right next to FedEx Field because they do own that land, and there is space yep. out there to do more and just make it a better stadium and one that obviously the railings don't fall off and you know water doesn't leak on people as they're watching the game. So I mean that would that would be a, an upgrade uh, in that regard. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think it's also a consideration for the team that. You know, I was thinking through this last week or two weeks ago when they announced the new name. I mean, there's a whole new branding. It's a new concept, everything. You know, Snyder could just decide, you know, I'm going to go I'm going to go whole hog, go all the way to Virginia. We're just basically going to start fresh. You know, it, it, yes, it'd be nice to be back in D.C. or in Maryland where the legacy is, where the history is, where the, you know, a lot of the fan base is. But nowadays, I mean, like Virginia is growing, you know, it's, it's really it's a fast growing area. There's a lot of money out in Loudoun County. You can put a beautiful new stadium out there and probably get a bunch of money from the Commonwealth to do it. So why not do it? I mean, again, you're cutting ties with D.C. because you're way further away. You don't get the great views of the Capitol when you're doing the screenshots and stuff from, like, the helicopters. But still, I mean, I think, you know, that, that could be a consideration for him. Yeah, it, it can be, and look, money talks and whatever the best deal is and, and all that stuff. I mean, look, the, the San Francisco 49ers play in Santa Clara. Uh, you know, there's there's teams that play far away. Dallas doesn't play in Dallas. I mean, they play in Arlington. I mean, everybody's far away, you know, in a lot of places. Obviously, the Giants have never been in New York. I mean, it's been a New Jersey team, yeah. and, you know, so it's weird, right, uh, how it works that way. I just think for a guy whose legacy has not, let's shall we say, to be kind, the best – um, that this would be the one thing like he could put 
on his resume that nobody could take away from him. Got the team back in D.C. Because remember, it wasn't him. It wasn't his decision to move to Maryland. That's, that was Jack Kent Cook's, you know, project that he rushed together because he wanted to you know see that before he died and obviously it was poorly done he had a really good shot at maybe getting it to stay in dc but he ticked off the mayor at that time and of course you know then he blew it with virginia where they would have been right there in alexandria potomac yards i mean so and they rushed the stadium together and they've been playing catch-up ever since you know it, it, it was his his family that was trying to fix it before that and now it's you know it's been dan snyder's burden for several decades yeah, but at this point, I mean, this, it really does feel like the current state of politics is that unless Dan Snyder steps forward and says, hey, I'm going to pay every cent of this thing, like, I will, like, no public money whatsoever is going to this, and I am going to, I mean, he's not obviously not going to sell the team, or at least doesn't seem that way, and he's not going to resign necessarily. But, I mean, there's going to have to be some degree of, some big degree of contrition, of public contrition for all the stuff that keeps coming out. I mean, like, just yeah. the last two weeks after the name announcement, the stuff on Capitol Hill about the allegations of sexual harassment, yeah, it just today. it keeps looking <laughs> bad. Right. It keeps looking worse for him. And like, you know, no, in the game the of same politics, page. that matters. Yeah. No. Like I said last week on the day 2-3-22, he needed to do a sit-down interview with somebody at some point and just, you know, like open himself up to, hey, yeah. I made mistakes. We're wrong. We're fixing this. I'm sorry. It stops with me. He needed to do all that stuff. Continues instead to put out these these press releases through uh, you know his lawyers or PR people. Then they're just not hitting the mark at all. They're just ticking people off more, and that's where, that's the mistake that's being made here. I'm with you. you. You're right, if especially to play this game at this level of politics. That's why, to be honest with you, when they said you know he stepped aside and his wife took the lead and he was going to handle the stadium, I was kind of like, really? Because that doesn't seem to be his strength. You know, like from what we see, and we don't see much. I mean, he hasn't done a real interview in a couple decades. I mean, it's been forever since he's done a real, like, sit-down, cameras-on interview. So, I mean, it's it's hard to really get the feel for him outside of these quick little introductions. I'm ducking out of the way, you know. And then there's people – I've talked to people who said, no, actually, he's very good, you know, and he's – you know, he's actually – when he's – he can communicate and make it very clear and does it, but we haven't seen it in so long. It's hard to remember. I mean, it really is. It's it's, it's crazy, but – uh, when you're trying to build a stadium of this magnitude, in, you know, trying to play off three municipalities, I'm with you. I think there, there's got to be a little bit more of a, of a public, uh, you know, image and obviously a public scrubbing, <laughs> in his case, to uh, probably get more people to feel good about investing in it. Or, or at least, and this is one thing that we cannot, you know, go back in time here, or at least have a winning team. I mean, that's the thing. Like, maybe yeah, next right, season, the next right. two seasons, like, right. they make it to the playoffs, and, like, it's everybody, like, rallies behind yep. the team, and suddenly things change. But, again, history shows that that's not the direction the team's sadly been going, right? Right, no question. Absolutely great points. Well, hey, uh, Martin, appreciate your insights. This is interesting stuff, and I'm sure it's not going to wrap up anytime soon. So I will, we will have you on my list of people to lean on moving forward. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Cool. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Uh, Martin Ostermule with NPR, the DCist as well, covers DC politics. And so, you know, pretty much it is feeling it's the RFK site in terms of having enough space to do anything more than just the stadium, which would have to be more, right? Um, I, you know, the, the, the team complex in Ashburn, even though there's been a lot of money put in it, is still, compared to standards of the rest of the NFL, not where it needs to be. It's certainly not what the Ravens facility is. Uh, the Eagles facility is, and the Cowboys, you know, and others, um, you know, the people I talked to that have been at these places or played there. 
over the years. So they, you know, that's another thing. I mean, there's space to fill out that, but they haven't really shown the ability to do it. There's some discussion that maybe if the team moves, you know, the stadium, wherever, that's where the facility, all of it would be in one spot. Um, you know, and I don't know. I mean, you've already built roots for a lot of these players. And, you know, and again, by the time this thing gets built, some of them will be <laughs> retired and elsewhere, uh, you know, in, in, in Latin County and Ashburn. I get that. So you've already had that spot there. Maybe you just keep the practice facility there. And then you have the, you know, the stadium and all the stuff around it, you know, in D.C. or in Maryland, wherever it ends up being. But I, I can't get past it. Again, maybe this is just for show, but there was a lot of DC optics on, on the commander's release, right? I mean, it was, even though it's awkward because they're the one place that's not really represented outside of the name, you know, a Washington, you know, team doesn't play there. It doesn't practice there anymore. It's where the best history is the best years. And look, I think a guy who he's said he is, you know, this was, you know, life or death of him growing up the way this team performed. And those were his memories, the childhood team that, you know, this is what he loved. I think the DC poll, I would hope to think he would exhaust every opportunity to make that right. But again, some of the things that he may be asked to do there, money and contrition, not so sure that that's going to line up uh, very well. All right, we'll come back. We'll get to um, the Wizards and the Bradley Beal blow yesterday. And what that all means is we head towards the uh, NBA trading deadline tomorrow. We'll deal with that coming up. It's overtime. Scott Jackson with you here on 106.7 The Fan of the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, welcome back. Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. My buddy David Owens, Dave Owens Sports. Um, 
Dave, I just texted you if you're still listening. Hit me back. Um, hopefully I have your updated information still. He tweets me to say Maryland has money too, and FedEx is the obvious choice. There is no play there's nothing but space around FedEx field right now. The fact that the WFTs and Prince George's County haven't come together. Uh, to build a destination stadium is short-sighted and sad. There's nothing but space and landover. Look, they have the infrastructure. If it's not going to be in D.C., that would be my second choice. And I, again, say this to somebody who lives in Virginia. If you go to Prince William County, I mean, <laughs> if you, I mean, just drive 95 on a Sunday without, you know, 50,000, 60,000, hopefully someday 70,000, 80,000 again, uh, leaving the stadium. I mean, get, give me a break. Either direction, north or south. Forget it. There's never going to be Metro down there. Oh, yeah, there's Metro in Loudoun County that doesn't run, by the way, in the Silver Line. It stops in Wheelie. Uh, it still doesn't get to the airport. Eventually it will, I know. But there's already been neighborhoods and developments built around being close to Metro stations here. So this idea that it's just going to drop the stadium on the Silver Line out here in Loudoun County is comical to me because there's no such place unless you're going to blow up neighborhoods. I guess you could do that, right? Oh, we already developed the neighborhoods. We're gone. We're going to take this for the uh, the Commander Stadium. Sorry, I know you thought this was your dream house. Uh, too bad. No, that's not going to happen. So, again, yeah, it might be off further out, or could it be further, you know, off of Old Ox Road? I guess. I mean, you you've been on that road, and they have a good idea, or you know how difficult that is you'd have to widen big time there's only really one way in there's one way out there's only one way back to maryland and that's the toll road and the greenway if you're going to go down that far so i don't know i hear a lot of this stuff over the years and i drive around here and i'm like huh, okay and look where things are and like that doesn't add up it doesn't i know there was a parcel of land behind the airport for a long time that at one point was spoken for by some data center because god knows we need some more of those in loudon county um, <laughs> they all look like a Kia, a Kia's, by the way. <laughs> and good for you if you're making the hustle and you're the people making the money off of that. Hey, pr- good for you. Uh, but you know, just as somebody who drives around, it just doesn't look so hot, and it really doesn't, you know, bring in a ton of workers either. Which I guess is good because you don't have traffic. But anyway, I digress. It, so the the idea. I don't think it's as lock solid as everybody seems to think who doesn't actually, you know, think about all the other angles and what you're saying to your fan base. I mean, did you see the thing this week with Fanatics? Virginia is purple now. That means the Ravens sell more jerseys in the state of Virginia than the Washington football team did. Maybe that'll change actually now with all these commander's jerseys that people will have to have. Hopefully they'll fix the white one so it looks burgundy. Anyway, yeah, so... You've got that uh, already going on. Maryland's been purple for a long time. I mean, I know my friends that live in Montgomery County complain about it, that still care about uh, the Washington team. They don't like the fact that there's so many Ravens fans, but I, I get it, man. They've won Super Bowls. They've been ultra successful. they got Lamar Jackson as their quarterback. There's a lot of things to like, you know. Yeah, John Harbaugh can be a whiny so-and-so sometimes, but, you know, good coach. He's been there forever. Which is, you know, hey, continuity, crazy idea, right? Crazy, crazy idea. But you can do that when you actually win. You can do the continuity thing. So if Dave would still listening and want to call in, I'd love to have him on at 800 to talk about the, the Maryland side of it. Because I, I totally trash the Virginia side of it all the time. I feel like that I have to do it. Um, and um, I'd like to talk to Dave. We'll 
get them at the eight, top of the 8 o'clock hour. He said, call it. Okay, cool. So you can sell us on Maryland why it uh, still is the most viable. Again, they're the home team. As I said before, they got the home field advantage. The other people have to wow them. Larry Hogan won't even – I don't know. Does he say commanders? He wouldn't say Washington football, remember? He went and bought his ticket when they opened the sports book, and he said he bought for the Washington Redskins. <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, Larry Hogan's always been pretty bullish on wanting to have the two teams in the state. And it's done well for him. And, you know, to be honest with you, as somebody who had to drive to the stadium 10 times this year, or was it 10 or 11? I don't remember now. Anyway, yeah, it was 11, I guess. Or 10. That was 10. No, we did a road game there. But anyway, so the traffic wasn't nearly as bad. Now, of course, part of that is, well, they didn't have as many fans, dummy. I mean, yeah, they had 55,000 maybe on a good weekend. Yeah, that's part of it. But I did think the new traffic patterns, for the most part, work pretty good. Oh, there's one little bottleneck I would love to talk to them about that they got to fix. But overall, I think those, you know, the new way with the ways bringing you in to your lot is smart. I think they have improved that. I still think it's quite a hike for the poor folks that take Metro in. I think that's unfortunate. So, you know, that was the great thing about RFK because the Metro really was an easy walk. I mean, it was... It's not a FedEx walk, that's for sure. That's for sure. And, again, at least it runs out there. You don't have to worry. They're not still tracking, you know, practicing and pretending to run the Metro out there as they are on the Silver Line. All right, we'll get to Dave Owens at the top of there. We'll move the Wizards down a little bit. We do, we've heard enough sad stories about the Wizards this week anyway, but we'll get to them in the next hour as well. Dave Owens is going to call us former uh, sports anchor WSA9. Now, of course, is... Got a great production coming. I'll let him promote that. Documentary filmmaker. He's a university professor. He does a lot of things. And, of course, he's a Naval Academy grad. Enjoy always uh, talking to Dave Owens. He'll join us at the top of the hour uh, here on Overtime. All right, so we'll take a break. We'll come back. Dave Owens will sell us on if you had to stick with Landover and why it's the best solution. He's, he's sold on it. He'll sell us on it or try to at least when we continue here. Scott Jackson with you here. Overtime with you till 10 o'clock tonight here on 106.7 The Fan of the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.